Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. We are in the middle of the fastest moving technology shift in our lifetime. And for the majority of us listening, we live through the birth of the internet. So that's definitely saying something. Here's the good news. It's good news. Truly, I have so much to fill you in on. Join me for my upcoming workshop, The Market Shift. It's so crucial to online businesses that I'm offering it completely for free. No strings attached, just pure actionable insights that will help you navigate the coming changes. But that's not all. If you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get exclusive access to my brand new mini course, The Two-Click Funnel absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I'm running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Join me and prepare your business for the future. Go to bossproject.com shift to register now. If you're hearing this, there's still time. Don't miss out bossproject.com shift. I was not a believer in packing cubes. <laughs> And then I used packing cubes. I fucking love packing and cubes. And I, my life has changed. Uh-huh. Why is this the first time I'm using it? It is so hard to describe what a difference they make. Oh my God. I've been using them for about a year, a little over a year. My mom went on a trip. I don't even know when. And she borrowed mine. And I was like, you just need to order your own. Like, I don't know what you're doing. But she borrowed mine and was like, oh my God, I'm going to order my own. <laughs> I didn't think it could possibly save as much space as it's saved, but I'm uh-huh. like, I could pack more. Yeah. Yeah. Then I it just like keeps it so organized. Yeah. And- I'm like, I know exactly where everything is. Uh-huh. Like this is my bra underwear and pajamas right. one. And this right. is like my jeans. And then, and then, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then all my day like tops, like it's so organized. Yeah. Now I do think I'm going to have to immediately I hate wrinkles on vacation. I don't like looking like a wrinkly mess. So I will probably try to hang everything up, assuming I can. I am a little bit nervous because I found out the hotel I'm staying at is like part hostel, part hotel. Oh, And so it has some like hotel rooms that are like it has their own bathroom, but there are rooms that share a bathroom with the floor. So I'm like, I'm very hopeful but also nervous <laughs> yikes but anyway i just had to put my two cents in for those of you who've i you know haven't come up to the 21st century packing cubes are my new favorite thing packing cubes are a lifesaver having a good solid travel for liquids and toiletries is another lifesaver i just got i feel like i buy a new set literally every vacation because like you just pick up the cheap set from like target and then the lid snaps or like a piece goes missing or whatever. And so I ordered this silicone and harder plastic set from Amazon and I really enjoy it. And so hopefully it will last because I'm just tired of like collecting those little tiny plastic bottles for shit. 
Oh, okay. Because I, I don't like checking a bag. Like, I, I would love to not. Yeah, I will say I do secretly enjoy uh, miniature things. And so part of my, oh, I'm going on vacation is going to look at Walmart or Target at their miniature things and just buying them in the bottles. I don't put stuff in the bottle, mostly because I refuse to wash my hair on vacation. I very rarely wash my hair on vacation, but if I'm going to, I have to use my shampoo conditioner. No, that totally makes sense. And so I like to have it on hand. And then just like an annoying aspect of my skincare routine is that I have way more skincare than makeup, like way more, which just means I have a lot of liquids, like a lot of liquids. And so I'm like, ugh. And so I have this like concoction of like two or three different serums and I mean, an esthetician is probably going to scream if they're listening to this. I don't know why an esthetician would be listening to this, but I combined like three of them in one. <laughs> okay. I mean, I get that for shampoo and conditioner, but when you start to get into skincare, I legit worry about interactions. Oh, no, I know. Because I know. some of those things like the chemical compounds combining uh-huh. can create things that uh-huh. are toxic. And yeah. so I'm just like, well, no, we'll if my face falls off this weekend, <laughs> I would never combine skincare and I won't combine cleaners. I've learned the hard way. I have definitely been the victim of, is it vinegar and bleach Yeah, or, or baking soda and bleach? One of the two. One of those that makes it so toxic. <laughs> one of them is like very, very, very bad for you. Uh-huh. So I just don't. Yep. That's okay. We'll see. It doesn't smell like anything toxic. And so they seem to be two gentle things that I put one right after another on my skin on a regular basis. And so. Okay. Okay. Well, if it doesn't burn your face off, then it's probably fine. Yeah. And it's not like retinol and something. No, sure, sure, sure. very chill ingredients. So I did see, because, you know, I do have a tendency when I travel to all of a sudden need like all of these travel accessories. Of course, why not? And I, so I did not buy them. I added them to my wish list, and that gave me enough of a dopamine hit. And so I, that was good. But I've been very closely enticed to those. They slide over your luggage holder, like the bar that you pull up from a suitcase. And it slides over it and it holds like your Starbucks drink and a water bottle and like zips up your ID or phone or whatever. So you don't have to like hold your cup and hold your bag and hold all the things. I think this is the first trip I'm not taking my cup on and I'm feeling really anxious about it. Oh, I don't know why you wouldn't. I don't like the amount of like public transit. I know. I know. I don't know why. I just feel like it doesn't make sense. Maybe it's because it's so much bigger. Like I used to take my Yeti on every vacation or trip, but a 40 ounce Stanley. I will probably take my smaller one because it like actually locks in its leak proof and it has like cute stickers on it and a little handle. And so I'll probably take that one, but no, I have to have a water bottle. Yeah. Always. Jared's like, we'll just immediately go to yeah. the convenience store and buy a very expensive nice water. Do you water. remember when we were traveling and I somehow like was in the security line with a bottle of water or a thing of water and they're like, oh, you need to go dump it. And so she like pointed me out. And so I left to go dump it. And then they almost didn't let me back in because I didn't take any of my property. except yes, my You left all of your shit. 
all of it, including my phone. And so like you had everything. Luckily, I could kind of claim it because I was on the other side. Uh But like, but I was like, hello, that's all my stuff. And she was like, you left security without your driver's license. I'm like, you told me to leave. Like, I just thought I was dumping it and you would just like let me back in. So I had to like go through security again. It was, it was, um, I I, I think if you hadn't been in Kansas City, you wouldn't have gotten in. No, a hundred percent. No, but also everywhere else has a place where you can dump your water. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. They would have had a trash can right there. Not Kansas city might now that it's, I know, I know it's brand new. I'm, you get to see it. I'm sure when you guys are listening to this, you're like, didn't you go like at the beginning of May? Yes. But we're just ahead on recording for once in our life. For once. Yeah. But I'm excited and nervous to go through the new airport. Yeah. I don't know why I'm nervous. I think it's just because I'm like, I don't know where to park. I don't know how long it takes. Like versus before I'm like, I could predictively tell you how long it's going to take to get there. And if we park here, this is how long. If we park here, this is how long. If we're dropped off, this is what I need. And I don't know any of those things now. (laughs) And I'm getting dropped off. So at least I don't have to figure out the situation. Brian's taking like, all five of us or four however many there are leaving on the same flight to the airport that sounds like a party but also overwhelming to me i'm planning to just put on my air max what are they called my apple air Air max Max. yep and block everything out and not talk to same my spouse (laughs) same Same. that's what i'm gonna do yep see you on the other side i was like who are you gonna sit with because there's yeah there's four of us leaving for on the same flight and i was like hopefully no one Hopefully. I'm going to see them all fucking weekend. I don't need to sit with them on the plane. I know. Yeah, I am a little hopeful. I am a little glad that it's just Jared because like I don't. The conference is going to be a lot for me because yeah. there's going to be so many people. Yeah. But like if I'm with you or him, I don't have the same like drainedness. Yeah. Of well, you like, have the need to like entertain and I'm not. Talk. Yeah, I'm not trying to entertain or get to know you or like yeah. Yeah. bond or anything. Yeah. I'm just can exist. Yeah. I am very nervous about not having my emotional support gummies <laughs> with me because I'm not going to travel with them. Even though like half of book club voted that I should travel with them. I, and I was like, no, I think that makes me very nervous. They are they're braver su- than me. Surprisingly okay with breaking the law. I was like, uh, then will you pack them for me? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like, them. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah. Anyway, so So we'll see. Wish me luck. Okay. I want to talk about an incredible article that I found in the Harvard Business Review and how it correlates to so much, so many of the decisions that we have decided kind of subconsciously. I didn't really realize it was like tied to some of these things until I saw it outlined of the structure, specifically of the support, but quite literally even the curriculum inside C-Suite On Demand, which is open right now. If you want to chat with us, go to bossproject.com slash on demand, no spaces, chat with Abby. We've been talking about it for weeks now. So if you haven't heard what it is, go back a couple episodes and, and there are definitely some explainers. But we all know that there is a difference in how male presenting bodies and femme presenting bodies are treated in the workspace. And I believe, and research backs this up, that a lot of those behaviors also are so subconscious in how we think about ourselves and how we interact, even if we're not working corporate. 
even if we are the freaking founder, owner, CEO, baddest B in the whole company, it still affects us. And so I want to talk to you about some of these differences and how we can kind of just have a different framework of thinking and how we are supporting you of breaking that mold inside C-suite. And so I did want to preface this by saying today, we're going to be using pretty gender specific pronouns of men and women. This is the language that the study is using. I'm assuming that they, I mean, they looked at 146 mid-career leaders. So I would say stats show that not all of those people are straight, but we only have men and women as identifiers today. So just know it within Boss Project Boundaries, while we serve femme-led, femme-founded CEOs, that just means how you do you, baby. And we love you and we're here for you. So let's dive into today. So I want to walk you through some of these stats and I want to break down the four key differences. And they gave some really clear examples on literally quotes of what men were told versus what women were told. And it's mind-blowing. Okay. So the whole idea is despite there being an increase in female managers in the corporate world and even in small business ownership, women's advancement to senior leadership roles is still slow compared to men. That's not surprising. There is gender inequality in the workspace, and it's driven by a lot of structural causes, particularly, this is what the study breaks us down, the differences in developmental feedback between men and women. So there was a study recently done with 146 mid-career leaders to explore gender differences in feedback. And here's the breakdown. So there's four key differences in how male and female leaders were given feedback. And it's broken down into vision, political skills, asserting leadership, and confidence. And so just a quick overview of those, and then we can walk through examples. Where vision is a difference. Men are encouraged to think about the quote, big picture, whereas women are told to focus on operational tasks and execute other people's visions. Political skills, men are told to leverage politics to network upwards, whereas women are encouraged to cope with those politics, deal with them, and network horizontally. Third, asserting leadership. Men are encouraged to be assertive when seeking leadership ambitions, while women are told to cooperate to exert leadership. And then finally, confidence. Men are suggested to display more confidence, whereas female leaders' lack of confidence is seen as inherent. Yeah, and I think so much of this is bias that is that is completely subconscious. And not to say that treatment in other organizations is conscious behavior. I, I think some people need to be held accountable for their actions, absolutely. However, I do think a lot of this is gender norms that were developed in childhood and continue to be talked about and nurtured into us even as young children. And it's unfortunate because like in the same way that you might look at a girl and call her bossy or bitchy, you would look at a boy and call them a leader or a visionary, even as a child, which is ridiculous. And so our goal at Boss Project, you know, it starts with the mission of wanting to see more women become financially free. And that is only possible if they know how to take care of themselves, like fully, like develop security so that they're taking care of their household financially, and then ultimately build and scale a business from the ground up. So you do have those stable foundations as a leader to continue to see growth. And so much of my opinion, so much of the lack of leadership as women is because we don't have 
that many examples to follow. And while I think that is slowly shifting, which is a very positive thing, it still doesn't mean that as a kid, we didn't see those examples. And I think a lot of those things start in childhood. So I would like to think, you know, your daughter's generation of women like developing into careers is going to be completely different than ours because of just how things have shifted. You know, you used to not see female CEOs at all. And now 53 of the top Fortune 500 companies are led by women. That's still only 10% though. And so there's still a lot of change that needs to be had from an equitable standpoint. But I, instead of like looking at all of this from like a place of lack or like a place of like, well, that's just how we were taught and we have to deal with it. Emily and I are trying to be proactive in so many things that we're doing. And a big part of why we developed C-Suite is that we knew that these women were lacking the experience. And thus, of course, they didn't know what decisions needed to be made or what they needed to be thinking about or how they needed to plan for growth because they hadn't done it before. And I absolutely remember feeling completely alone and befuddled and the like, what are the decisions I'm supposed to be making? What am I supposed to be working on as a female CEO? Like, who am I supposed to be hiring and when? Like, and these questions would constantly come up. And I very remember, I remember very specifically telling Emily time and time again, I feel like these people know something that we simply don't know. And like, what was it? What is it? And I'm tired of the secrets. I'm tired of the BS. And I want to create a room where there's no question off the table. And you can hear from people who want to share their experience and their challenges and help you walk through this in the way that feels the most in alignment for you. So I want to give you some direct examples and I want to say these without the like, oh, that's so annoying and just kind of wallow in the like the frustration that this can bring up. I absolutely acknowledge that like hearing some of these examples, like you're going to roll your eyes and you're going to be frustrated and you're going to think like that's just how it is. But the reason why I still want to give you these examples is because you're not working in the corporate space. You're in your own business. You get to make your own rules. And I think some of these things being so subconscious, I think that even if someone isn't telling you this feedback, you might still be doing it. And so I really want you to use this as your own self-reflective guide of where you could even strengthen some different areas and just shift focus. So the first one, we're going to break down those four categories that I kind of already brought with direct quotes that they pulled from this feedback survey of quotes that were said to men and quotes that were said to women. And the examples that I want to give, I just find happening so clearly within our community. So going back to vision for a second, we literally became like internet famous for our program Trello for Business and a board on there was called Big Picture Strategy. And it was how we looked at like the thousand foot view of our business before breaking down a single task, before even identifying a single project. And it was what we considered to be really catalyst in our growth, especially in those early years. And so I find it funny to see some of this language reflected back. So in vision, men are encouraged to, quote, set the vision, focus on being visionary and think about the big picture. 
forget the details and look to the longer term. Literally as a leader, as an executive, as a CEO, those are the things that they're being encouraged to think about and do. Whereas women are encouraged to focus on the delivery, focus on solely operational tasks, execute other people's visions and develop expertise in narrow specializations. Quote, and this is just an example that one particular person got, needs to have better analytical abilities with complex issues. So the reason why I brought this one up is that time and time again, the mindset block that a lot of our clients are facing, especially like at this range of like going into the next scale, is they think that they need to do better at the delivery of what it is that they're doing. They've dedicated like from the point of education onward their lives to improving the things that they're like actively doing as the service for their clientele. And most often because they've spent so much time dedicating, they are fucking excellent at it. But like they are incredible experts in their field, but they're lacking high level knowledge that is essential for someone running a business at any size. And it's because they're not backing out to look at the broad picture and they don't even necessarily see it as a necessary skill to start. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they don't often realize it's the thing that's holding them back from future growth. And so it took me even like pulling away from the thing to realize it doesn't matter how great of a designer I am. If I don't understand business finances, our business is going to stay stuck. And like learning what are the things that I need to know and monitor and then like actively monitoring those for like a period of time and then like becoming familiar with these new terms and these very specific actions. It takes practice. In the same way you practice your craft, you have to practice being a visionary and a leader and practice these skills that are outside of your normal comfort zone because they're required for ongoing growth. Yep. I'm interrupting myself to bring you something that could change your business forever. I'm hosting a workshop that's so important. I've made it 100% free for all online businesses. Here's what I can promise you. Inside the market shift, you're going to get the most value packed 90 minutes you've seen in years. I'm going to share the ecosystem that represents online businesses today. You're going to walk away knowing how to create more predictable income and sustainably scale, regardless of where you're starting today. You'll uncover the AI secrets top entrepreneurs use to stay ahead, boost productivity, and secure their future. You'll have the exact equation that's making wealthy people wealthier and be able to steal copy-paste it before it widens the wealth gap any further. When you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get access to my exclusive brand new mini course, the two-click funnel, absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I've been running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Save your seat right now at bossproject.com shift, then share it with a friend. There isn't much time between now and the workshop, so head right now to bossproject.com shift to claim your spot. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so the second category of political skills, I know that might read as, and in this research, it was probably more in the sense of politics in the office space, right? But the examples that they use and the way that we look at politics is kind of the politics of small business ownership, right? Of creating relationships, of networking, of playing the game is what I like to call it. Because at the end of the day, like there is a game, there's no rule book, but this is a game. And there are different plays that can be had that will give you different results. And sometimes looking at it as a game with plays can kind of help us remove the emotional connection that we might have and result to time and time again. So here are some examples that I still think if we can kind of look at this in the lens as relationship building and networking for prospects and potential clients and collaborations and relationships that excel our business, this is the lens I want you to have. So men are told to leverage politics anticipate political considerations, build broader alliances. And this was my favorite, develop politics as a language. So learn the game, play the game, learn the game, play the game. Women are told to toughen up, reduce tensions and cope network horizontally. Her Achilles heel as a group leader is letting the other's jibes get to her. The reason why I use that example is because There have been many times where we have coached clients through a conversation that hasn't been had where they want to go through all of the hypotheticals of how that person might react, of what the client might say when we raise their price, of what my team member might say when I have a disciplinary conversation with them, about what this person might say if I, you know, post this job description or whatever. And if we live too long in hypotheticals, we don't get out of that. And so I encourage us to think about the game and developing our own language that's in alignment with our values for how we want to play the game, but recognize that it is a game. Yeah. And I will say, I think one of the things that Emily and I did early on, we saw the game immediately. And then what did we do? And then we honestly were like, Fuck the game. game. (laughs) Fuck the game. And we knew, absolutely knew who you should know if you wanted to see XYZ result. And we didn't like how they were running their businesses. And I'm not going to name names because that's unimportant for this conversation. But (laughs) we intentionally removed ourselves from certain rooms because we didn't want to be associated with behaviors or actions of certain people. And instead, 
focused on how we can be the person we need to be to feel in alignment with running our own business. I do think we're at a different stage now where I am starting to see the fog is lifting and that we have operated in a bubble for a very long time. But there are absolutely people to know that are not in your current view that you can expand your reach by getting in new rooms that are appropriate and that are kind and are ethical. And it takes time because you may have to start a relationship and abruptly end a relationship. You may have to go into rooms where you know no one. I had a conversation with someone just this last week and I met her originally at a networking event here in town. And she said, I'm not going to lie. The networking event made me very uncomfortable. I am the kind of person that typically when I walk in the room, everyone knows who I am. And walking into that room was the first time I didn't know anyone in a very long time. And I was like, well, I'm so glad that that's what you're doing. And I love that for you. And I imagine that a lot of you even subconsciously are purposely putting yourself in the same bubble again and again and again, because it is more comfortable because you can develop relationships that feel like peer relationships that are collaborative and can fulfill our human need for friendship. But they're not always strategic alliances that can build your business. And so I will say for this specific thing, you know, I am okay with us sometimes growing slower because we choose to not have certain relationships. A hundred percent. And I also want to want to recognize that I think the reason why we do that and our natural inclination in that is our own gender bias. A hundred percent. Because I think a lot of people would say, fuck the game and then figure out how to play a different one. And I think in some capacities because of our own bias. When we said fuck the game, we just chose not to play it at all for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine some of you are in the same boat. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about asserting leadership. (laughs) Okay. So this is one where I like that it's a category because a lot of the people that we're working with specifically in C-suite have maybe had, you know, contractors on their team or even a part-time employee or like one full-time employee, but they haven't necessarily identified as a leader yet. And as they're growing their team, and especially as they grow from just themselves to two people to three employees plus, there is leadership that starts to develop. And there is a lot of hesitation there and lack of confidence in that area. And I want to walk these through with you because I think it may be more subconscious than you're giving it credit for. So where men are told to literally claim their space, be assertive in pursuing leadership ambitions, being confident in the role that you need to play. They would benefit by taking a more prominent role. One person was said, he needs to be given more responsibility to broaden his experience. The ability is all there. He just needs the opportunity to develop. The ability is all there. You just need the opportunity for it to develop. I've never heard a sentence I couldn't agree with more. (laughs) And I think so often women assume they're missing something. And they're searching outside of themselves. And oh my God, I remember early on, Emily and I, especially when big problems came up or like big challenges came up, we always assumed the solution was outside of ourselves. And so we'd go searching for 
a person to solve it or a system to solve it or a software to solve it. And if we had reflected on our own values, how we've run our business to date, like we actually know so much more about our business than anyone ever will. And the solution is often right there and we have to grasp it. And that doesn't mean it's not hard. It doesn't mean that it's not a challenge. It doesn't mean that it's not going to grow you as a person, but it is there. Yep. So let me walk you through what women were told. So they were told to get along, be cooperative and differential in exerting leadership, learn to work. (laughs) I fucking hate this word. Learn to work collaboratively and treat people with respect. Does not suffer fools gladly, could develop better tolerance techniques. The reason why this one pisses me off is because it also taints some like client relationships that we have even had, that our clients have had with their clients. Because as we're trying to assert leadership and assert expertise and assert the, you know, how many service providers have said this? I wish my client would just trust me, right? They hired me for a reason. I am the expert in this area. And yet we still have a hard time kind of figuring out how to communicate that and how to create a scope or an offer that supports us being able to step into our expertise and we value stuff or we let people break scope and break boundaries. And I think that's the crux of what this kind of gets me. Yeah, I definitely see more women over men, you know, accepting whatever the client is saying, asking, requesting, even if it is a detriment to them in some yep. way. Yep. Because they rather keep the relationship. Yeah. That you you don't need to work on collaboratively. That word does not need to exist in the description of how we work together here. Some, absolutely. Some, there are scope, there are deliverables, there are some projects where that type of back and forth relationship is actually really necessary for the outcome of that offer, that result, that problem, that solution, whatever. But is it most of the time? I think a lot of times it's someone wanting to feel heard and it's not always necessary. And so there's a way to have people feel heard and still show up as the expert and have clear boundaries and clear scope and all of those things. And, you know, I think one of the first things we tend to work on with clients is getting clear on what their boundaries are and also how much that their own and not for other people. And I know we've talked about that on the show before, but it is a big lesson and it is required for you to continue to move forward because otherwise you're going to continue to be disappointed with everyone around you. Well, and especially in asserting leadership, not just with clients, but as you grow a team, you cannot avoid a uncomfortable conversation every now and then, a disciplinary conversation, a realignment of expectations conversations, whatever it might be. and. I'm not going to say that those conversations will ever be easy. They're just not, especially when you value an incredible work culture and doing things ethically, right? They're not ever going to be fun. I will tell you, though, they do get easier the more that you assert your leadership and the more that you understand that following the boundaries of your business, the SOPs of your business, the SOPs of your values and what those look like have a major impact on how the entire ship runs. And so when those aren't being followed through effectively, we've got to have a conversation. And so it gets easier because you have systems to support you. It's never fun. 
Okay. And not all business is fun. I'll no, that. no. That's a whole other conversation. You're not going to like your job every day. You're not going to like every task that you have or every, you know, every second of every day of every project. And that's just how it is. Like, I literally don't know what else to tell you. That's the part that I won't sugarcoat here because you don't have to be a CEO. You don't have to be, but you do need to be if this is the role that you want to continue playing. Okay. So our last category is confidence. Men are told to display more confidence, develop confidence in a specific skill set and display it. Confidence is framed as fixable. Become more confident and prominent in the leadership role, being able to debate more forcefully while retaining control. While a confident person, he will sometimes not express arguments or positions forcefully enough. And so force is used when talking to men about how they exude their confidence, okay? For women, they're told to be more confident. Female leaders' lack of confidence is described as an inherent general flaw without actionable advice. Needs to be a bit more confident. Okay, thanks for using the word in the definition. And have a bit more self-belief. She lacks the confidence that she should have in herself and her judgment. Okay, this is the one that I am going to get on a fucking soapbox about. Do it. Because I am so frustrated with coaches and consultants that are focusing primarily on mindset. I think mindset is a necessary piece, but what is holding women back 100% is lack of actionable knowledge and strategy. And they can't learn unless you're willing to teach them what they don't know. And I am here as an educator to teach you what you don't know. Do I know everything? That is not what I fucking said, man. That is not what I fucking said. But I do know what it took me to get unstuck. I do know that mindset was a very minor piece of it. I do think there are times and places where you can absolutely be doing a lot of the right things and mindset can hold you back. But as a primary mode and method, I don't think it's what's keeping most women stuck. And I want them to take messy action and I want to show them what things look like with real life examples, with real things they can implement. And when we teach and when we consult, the things we're talking about are not like fluffy extras. They are literally foundational aspects of how they should be running their business and things they need to be looking at anyway as the CEO and owner of their company. Period. End of soapbox. Yep. Yep. 100%. So I want you to kind of reflect on the four categories that we touched on today and kind of see how you might dance in both sides sometimes and depending on your mood and depending on what's going on. I do think that there's an air of this conversation that I'm not fully equipped to have, but I did want to make a note that there's absolutely a time and place for anybody, anybody to use their feminine energy to their benefit because we all have it. And then to use our masculine energy to our benefit because we all have it. And that's not a gendered conversation. That is not a gender thing. Right. So that is not what I'm disparaging here. (laughs) It's the subconscious biases that we all have about ourselves, about our team, about our position, about our skill set 
related to these categories. And I really want you to pick apart how you might be showing up in a way that isn't serving you anymore, that isn't serving your growth, that isn't serving your team, and really identify the areas in which that you could expand upon, that you could find a skill set, a new actionable way of thinking about something and tackling something and doing something, and then make a conscious effort to make a game plan to put that into place. And if you need help with that game plan, that's where absolutely we can step in. And I would love to chat with you about what that could look like regarding your team culture, regarding conversations, uh, again, your SOPs of your entire business, of how it functions and runs and acts from that thousand foot view, knowing that all of the things inside the inner workings inside impact each other in some way. I want to start thinking about those bigger things with you guys. Yeah, it's a absolutely pivotal shift. And because this is such an intense way of consulting, we really limit the amount of CEOs that we work with at a single time. And so our spring, summer 2023 cohort for C-suite on demand is capped. Like we're only going to be working with seven people. However, if you listen to all of this and you're like, yelling on the other side, like, yes, like, I want more of this, or I need more of that, or that really resonated with me, or maybe it scared you, but like in a really good way, mm-hmm. then I want to have a conversation because I know that Emily and I are approaching business differently. And, and I have been for eight years and we have been the entire time and we want to be there to support you. So go to bossproject.com slash on demand. Tell me a little bit about your business and book a time with me. You're going to get on my calendar. We're going to have a one-on-one conversation. And if C-suite makes sense for you, I am going to let you know. I'll also let you know what we're at in terms of current enrollment and how much room is left. So feel free to schedule that call. It's bossproject.com slash on demand, no spaces. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.